Welcome to our podcast. Here you'll find the latest ministry from our church. We hope it blesses you and gives you a fresh perspective. The heart of Jesus. Right from the start of the year, we've been looking about having a new heart inside. Not New Year's resolutions, but a new heart. A new heart that Jesus gives and an empowered heart. And we looked at following the heart. And after the service this morning, three people are going to follow the heart of Jesus because they know that the heart of Jesus was to be baptised because that's what Jesus did. As soon as he started his ministry, he showed us what we were to do. Follow the heart. And last week... It was great to be able to listen to Andy's podcast and I didn't know what he was going to be speaking on. He knew our theme and and I was so blessed with what he said and I was so encouraged with what he said and you can hear it on SoundCloud I think now or the podcast so you can hear it if you missed it. It is really well worth a listen to and he was talking about open hands and open arms and an open heart and uh, an amazing ministry and I shall pick up on one thing that he said and then last Sunday night we listened to about when your heart is less full than your arms and and I want to actually carry on from that theme this morning and the team are going to be doing it in as well as myself in the next three weeks we're going to be talking about enlarging our hearts having the heart of Jesus that expands now, I couldn't get down to the, uh, the my story shed this morning because of the snow very well. It was all cluttered. So I, I couldn't bring the pump in that Charlotte used. I've had to use this. I nearly lost it with the kids. And, and last week, she was inflating, or someone was, a bed. So if you miss this podcast, you can still listen to it. But I want to pick up a couple of things and follow on. And she was inflating a bed. And she was lightening the bed to your heart and mine. That when Christ comes into our life, he inflates us by the Spirit of God. And he pumps us up with all the characteristics and the aptitudes of Jesus Christ. He pumps us up. And our heart, that now a new heart, so the broken heart that we learned weeks ago, in Christ, he takes our heart that is broken by sin, he gives us a new heart, and he starts to pump us with himself by the Spirit of God. And she demonstrated when the bed was inflated that when our heart is full, our arms then start to do things that Jesus would do. And, and we meet somebody, and, and for example, in the natural, and, and there is it's a God moment because God sends you the partner you're to marry because it's a heart thing and God now is in control of your heart he's living within so he knows who you're to marry and you have this well of love and you want to marry them and your heart now from the heart of love in the natural on the bed you're starting to if you can imagine she had people sitting on the bed and it was lightning to her arms getting full so you have family you might have children and because God fills your heart with motivation, 
that you get up for work the next morning and God blesses your business and your job so your heart now because of your heart your arms are going to get full with a job because it's if you have a job that you enjoyed you know that's a blessing of God and your arms are getting full because your heart is full then you come to church and because you because your heart is full you want to serve Jesus you want to do ministries for Christ and your arms are getting full problem comes when you neglect your heart when those times with Jesus are pushed at the back when because of the things in your arms you get distracted and you start neglecting your heart and maybe you think you can teach yourself so you start teaching so you don't really need that bit of fellowship well they won't church you and you just start to neglect and the things in your arms start to distract and she made this incredible point this isn't the things in your arms that's wrong it's your heart it's your heart and she said you know you can't Take out the kids like ballast. Oh, well, no. I just, but you can't. You start to drop off things, and it's not, it's not your heart. Yeah, it's not their fault. It's your heart. It's your heart. And she said how easy it is because the first thing that tends to go wrong, and the first things we tend to let go of are the things that actually pump the heart up and we say i don't want to go to church because actually well, i promised to do something over there and i must commit keep my commitment to that and you and and then at a church somebody somebody has got something for you in in prophetic words in words just being in his very presence that's actually going to pump your heart and you're going to manage that over there. And she made the point that when you start throwing out the things in your arms that God has put in your heart to do, you might have more time, but your heart is going flatter and flatter because you're not doing what the heart's telling you to do. So it's God saying, okay, What's the condition of your heart? This morning I want to enlarge the heart by the Holy Spirit because she says the very first thing that shows the heart of Jesus and is evident when your heart is coming deflated is the spirit of generosity. When all of a sudden the words me, mine take priority instead of him and God's. Well, I've got to look after myself. And I thought they were two absolute cracking points that she demonstrated when your heart becomes flat and you blame everything else, well, I've, then actually it's your heart. So this spirit of generosity, I want to have a look because it's the very heart of God. For God so loved, he gave. For God so loved, he gave. Wow. 
Romans 8.32, since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything we need? For God so loved, he gave. So the heart of generosity starts the moment we become a Christian, we have a desire to want to give. And God starts to pump his heart, and this heart, with a heart that wants to give. And what's the extension of giving? Giving when it counts. Giving when you're exhausted. And these last 10 days, God has been pushing land to the nth degree. And people wouldn't have made she's on a different world. Yesterday, I spent my, I spent time, this is not both, it's what God had told me to do. And, and I was looking for a kid. And, and I, I'd taken a text from one of our fellowship here in the week, and they didn't realise, they texted me when I said, Lord, am I imagining this? And we met as a team. I said, can we open up the back of the church on, Saturday, on, on Friday and Saturday for, for a homeless girl? And the team said, yeah, go ahead and go in. And I went with food. I couldn't find her. Going to the park, I couldn't find her yesterday. And I was broken, and I said, Lord, why am I on this chase? Why are not finding that? And God says, I just want you to go. And I found myself last night in a different situation, shared with someone this morning, it almost brought me going into a situation I didn't expect, and having to cook a meal for someone who was ravagingly hungry, and sitting with them because they were so hungry they were choking. And God says, when the heart of Jesus is in you. You'll give and not count the cost. You'll give. And it will bother you to give because you are doing my will. And you're doing it because I've put my heart within you. So when you come and do any kingdom work, whether it's in the building itself, whether you're cleaning the toilets, whether you're putting the chairs. God bless those who put the chairs back this morning. God bless the one who came and put through the snow and cleared the path this morning. What you do, you don't need persuasion. It's in the very heart of God. And if your heart is pumped, you'll give. It, you will give. And when you give, out comes self. And I tell you, there is an incredible picture here of a lady who comes, you know. We, we boast for, of the fact that God watches over us. He sends his angels watching over us. And the first point I saw in this video is that he watched. In the video, you saw him high up in the temple. I couldn't actually find on the map exactly where he said. He said he sat opposite so that pe people couldn't see him. He was watching. And my first point this morning is that God watches our heart. But he is not the doorkeeper of our heart. He watches over us. But what we inflate our heart with is us. We do that. And that's why the psalmist says, or not psalmist, King Solomon says, and he had a tremendous amount to say about the heart. You read his prayer of dedication before the opens the temple. And what he says about the heart, but he says this in Proverbs 4, 23. Guard your heart above all, above all else, 
for it determines the course of your life. You could throw out of your life things that will make you as a man and woman for God in the kingdom because you're so wrapped up in, in what your arms are in your arms that you have forgotten the day that God turned your black heart white and made your heart complete. And you throw out and say, I can't do that. And God says, in that you will grow to do what I want you to do over there. As a husband, as a wife, I don't know. God has incredible ministries. In Romans 12, we, I read a few ministries this morning that will make your heart grow. And it's all about giving. Giving of your time, giving of your kind words and so on. I'll come on to that in a second. Here we have a lady, and this, this lady was watched by Jesus. She was watched by Jesus. And, but he wasn't just watching the lady. He was watching all the others round. You see, when we think of generosity, there are a lot of people who are doing generous things and legitimately doing generous things. But the heart and the hands are not connected. There are people doing generous things today because actually they like the feeling it gives in, inside them, and they like people to say, oh, what would we do without you? <laughs> You're indispensable. You know, we knew. Okay. People say that. But you know, what happens is some people can do that because they love the kick. They love it makes them feel good. Now, the heart is being pumped. But it's not being pumped of Jesus. It's being pumped of self. Self-gratification makes them feel good. Their deeds are good, but they're doing. But for the individual, and if you're a Christian, that's why you've got to guard your heart, because it can help you. It can stop you. It can spoil you. There are, I know we have got folk here now who are part of big organisations that do tremendous things, and that's great, but I say, guard your heart. Because I said, well, let's do it of a Sunday. And it genuinely seems good. You're doing good deeds. But I'm going to show you a scripture that God says, listen, the things that you're doing there, would you do on a Thursday? Would you go after work and do that? Or are the good deeds fitting into your agenda? I concern, I'm kind and I'm more concerned about your heart, God said, because you do more good works for me and more good deeds are purposeful if you do them on my agenda, on my timeline, because you will do them in a heart of love. And the heart of love will show that person Jesus. You see, giving food to this young girl wasn't just to keep her alive. I, I wanted to show her Jesus. And you know, I loved what Andy said last week, that it, it breaks his heart when people leave work and they'll say, we never knew you were a Christian. Or the only way that people know you're a Christian is by what you say. That should be the last thing. 
they should know by who you are and what you've done for them. And then they say, why are you different? <laughs> Even when you're going through hard times, you're still praying. You still help me out, even though you're that busy and you're doing this. Why? And that's the heart of Jesus. This lady, unassumingly, went to a box and put in two months. And we can read lots about this. You see, she put it in. If you read, it looks as though she put in all her living. It looks as though she was she got nothing else, and it doesn't mean that. She put in two mites. She put in the smallest currency out of her living income. Now, this is absolutely incredible here. There were others giving out of their wealth, and you probably saw them, and they were probably looking down at this woman. Well, they were. There were some who had actually taken this woman's property. If you read a little bit further back in Mark 12, you will see that some of the men had taken widows' property. When a, a person became a widow, they had right of nothing. If they had property, it was taken away from them. They became beggars. So some of them had actually fed off that woman. Is it like society today? They'd fed off her, leaving her with little. So most likely her living income was what she had begged, what she could keep her going. And yet, out of what she had, it was deliberate, it was purposeful. She went in, and it's amazing that she gave of what she, what she had got. She gave to Jesus. She put into one of the 13 trumpet-shaped boxes, to give you a little bit of insight, into the work of God. It was a habit that she gave. And... She didn't care who saw her. She just wanted to give. She has put in more than anybody else. There were some people who wanted to show off and say, oh, look, I'm in, and did it for self-righteousness. There were some who would put in equivalent of a £20 note and it had made no difference on their income. They had many more notes there, but they just wanted to be seen to be doing good. Now, I just want to make this point. When Jesus looks at our heart and he, he doesn't come down and he isn't aware of our situation. I love God. He walks with us. He puts on our human flesh and he calls us to walk in his shoes. When Jesus is here looking at this woman, he has come from an incredible position of wealth and prestige and power. And this is what we read. Though Jesus was God, he didn't think equality with God as something to cling to. He gave up his divine privileges to die a criminal's death on a cross. For you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm hopping to 2 Corinthians here. That though he was rich, yet for your sake, my sake, he became poor. Get ready that we, through his poverty, 
might become rich. Jesus says, right, he does a reverse. He has great wealth and he comes and he comes and he makes himself poor that you and I can be rich. <laughs> and he says, give to me your heart because I want to bless you. And I am overwhelmed with God when I think about this. That God then, because he's now risen, ascended, glorified, all-powerful God, fills me and you and inflates my heart from his fullness. His fullness. He wants you rich this morning. He wants you rich in every aspect of that word. He wants you blessed of God. Blessed of God. And I love the word blessed. And why? I love it. It, it says, for in Christ you have been brought to fullness. So I have the whole of the Godhead dwelling in me. In you, Richard. In you, Rachel. In you, Vic. God wants the richness of God, his power, his strength, his provision, his protection, his guiding hand, his counsel, his leading, his absolutely everything we need, even to my daily bread. And shall I tell you this, he even gives you the desires of your heart. God wants to give us bountiful hearts. Why? not preaching on this tonight because there is an amazing ministry to listen to. Because out of a blessed heart, you can give to others. You see, I can give that dear soul who I may never see again. I can give her bread. Praise my heart. I can give her bread. The poor you'll always have with you. And the best ministry for me the church never reaches 700, 260 people. The best ministry for me is super alone. To see those people not just fed with food, but to say that God is the food of the children. When Robert died, he knew Jesus. That's not glory to us. He knew Jesus. And friends, out of our heart, we can give a crust of bread with that crust of bread. And in a day in eternity, I know we're going to see that for, that's what the heart of Jesus does. Don't get distracted with a social gospel. Because the bread and water will not put a person into the kingdom of God. But it will lead them there. As Jesus fed the 5,000 and then out the city. The heart of Jesus reaches out beyond the body and into the soul. And it's more blessed to give than to receive. I bet that's what Jesus said. That applies to the Christian. No, it's blessed to give. It is more blessed to give. So the more you give, the more of God's blessing in your soul you will know. So God wants you to have a full heart. That's why when he mentions in scripture uh, about not giving grudgingly, he's saying, look at your heart. If you think, well, I've got to do that, you know, I've got to keep the peace. You can almost hear God saying, stay at home. 
so your heart out. Will that have courage of that? Kill any man if I'm not there. Sort your heart out. Can almost hear the Holy Spirit saying, sort your heart out. Well, I can spare that time, but I can't spare any more. Watch those words, friends. I'm glad that didn't apply to Jesus. I can spare you half an hour, lad. And God wants to show us this morning. And all week I've just been walking in different different places with God. I found myself in a building and so it didn't even know existed in Warsaw Wood because I wanted to go and have a look. I went behind locked doors. <laughs> they let me in. I saw a lot of broken people, quite little dark, which would have been locked in, I said, oh, adults. And I said, can I help in any way? I don't know, you know. I looked as salt, I was like a drained rat when I went through that doors and but you see, friends, you, Jesus just wants to, to fill your heart. And when your heart is full, you will see needs. You will see needs. And God says, no, God needs Don't judge. There were, there were enough people judging that woman. Jesus watched. And he could see out of her heart she had given the fullness of her heart. So from a heart then that God watches and a heart that God fills, then comes the giving heart. If God has changed your life and you're full, be generous in your words. Be generous in your words. I read Romans 12, 9. Be generous in your words. Let a heart of love sprout out your mouth. Oh, we're, we're all guilty of this. We can, all, we can all find fault with folk. But be generous. Seal it if it isn't generous. Seal it, friends. Be devoted. Be sincere. Be zealous. Be joyful. Be patient. It's all Romans 12. Be sincere. Be hospitable. Be faithful in your prayer. If you say you're going to pray for somebody, then pray for somebody. Let your heart connect with somebody right now. We're starting a new ministry. Uh, it has begun and, and it's ministering to, to people who are housebound. who used to be formed part of the chatterbox about six or seven years ago. And, and you know, the giving, the giving of a heart to that person who can't be in fellowship will be enormous in God's eyes because we are giving from a bountiful heart. Some of us give when it suits, when our, when our schedules suit. And let's face it, we our schedules suit because when it fits our arms, it doesn't fit our hearts. Be generous in your words, be generous in your deeds. Don't rob God of your deeds. This is what Galatians 6 says. Let's not become weary in doing good. People don't read this verse. As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Now get ready. Especially to those who belong to the family of believers. God watches to see how you work in your family. I want you to do a little job for me now. I want you to put your hands in front of you. Now, not in worship, just put your hands in front of you. God just spoke to me about these hands. Now, most of us have got two hands. 
that work strong. I know unless you're clever, and is it ambidextrous, I'm not sure, but both hands are strong. Most of us tend to have one hand stronger than the other. Yeah? So I'm right-handed, you may be left-handed, unless you're very clever and you can do both. Right, in, I want you to do this. So really put your hands in front. Okay? Now, which two fingers do you use the most? I tend to use my index and my thumb. Okay? My middle finger tends to be the one that supports my rings. Okay? So in the hand that I use the most, I want you to bend your mid middle finger down as far as you can. Because okay? I don't tend to use that one much. Or I don't think I do. Okay. By now, if you bend it down, by now your wrist will be hurting. Yeah? And you can feel and feel the muscles pulling on your fingers. Yeah? Now, if you try and turn it round as though you're holding a cup, you will see your little finger now is having to do a lot of support. If there's a cup there, that little finger is having to bear the weight of that cup. It's not meant to do that, because that middle finger actually would hold it round. Okay. So if you keep it like that, if you turn it like that, doesn't that look a bit odd? You can tell one's missing. Right. Some incredible lessons about body ministry here. When you're missing. The kingdom of God here at New Life Church looks strange. We're not complete. Other people, other people have to do the work that you do. You may not think you're of value, but actually, in God's eyes, that's a significant role. When you're not there, that little finger has a lot of pressure put onto it and on the wrist. If your heart is full of God, God says, I want you to see, that's how valuable you are to me. That's how valuable you are to the kingdom, how valuable you are to your brothers and sisters. The whole arm of mine now is hurting. You think you're not missed? You think if you've got a ministry, you think that that ministry is not missed? That's a deceit of the enemy. You're missed visually. It causes worry in the camp. Where are they? They go around and I go home and I think, oh, where's so and so? Are they okay? It, we haven't seen them. Where are they? My whole arm now is aching. We have another hand. This hand is not as experienced as this hand. Lovely ministry here about two teams. And God gave us two hands, not one. And in a church there is another team that is growing up. You try and put the middle finger down of that one. It won't go down very far. It causes incredible strain. And I'll let you into a secret. It doesn't even hold properly. That one now is in pain if you try and pull it up. 
and it needs this hand to come and help support. And I believe in a church, you know, there are people coming up now and the strong hand has to help the other ministry coming up. So all that shows to you something about when God gives you a heart and he puts you into a kingdom, that to be generous in your deeds, that God has planted us, he has put you as part of his body, and he said, now, do what I've called you to do. It might be a supporting role, it might be a lifting role, it might be a holding role, I don't know. But do what I've called you to do and be generous because he teaches a lot about body ministry and God made us that way. You're of value. It's all about value. And then finance. Generous in words, generous in deeds, generous in finance. This is the bottom squirming moment for some people. She put in everything she had, all she had got, meant her hand, out of her living income. Out of her living income. She gave a proportion, deliberately. I believe this lady would do it regularly. Because I believe it was a faith offering. Because Jesus looks upon faith. There was something about this woman. Now you might pause here. I couldn't believe I was giving these this week. And I haven't eaten them. <laughs> a penny and a 50 pound. You might say, but Lan, Jesus said she has put more than all of those putting in large amounts. Now, it's a penny and a 50 pound note. Logically, which one would pay the gas bill or towards the gas bill at church? So what does Jesus mean? She's putting more than all you others, all you others standing around, we saw them, putting in their 20, there's some more. She's putting more. They were all putting in towards the temple, she's putting more. The accounts that Jesus looks on from this heart is absolutely phenomenal. Because what you give to God, if it's in proportion to what God says we give, God can use more with that money because he works on miraculous lines than someone who says, well, I'm going to give 50 pounds, right? That 50 pounds will be used. I'm going to give him 20 pounds, But when we give from a heart of love and we give God everything that we know that God has asked of us, God miraculously multiplies. The problem is, is when we rob God. The problem comes is when we give God that much and it should have been double. She gave out of what she could now, this is an interesting one because I come now onto what the Bible teaches on giving to God. Because God speaks about giving the proportion 
of your income gross of a tenth. And some people say, oh, I don't know whether I could do that, Lan. I don't know whether I could do that. Okay. And he comes. Now, God, I want you to see the picture here. Because this is from a God who says to you, I want you to walk by faith with me now. You've trusted me for your salvation. You will never know the cost of salvation. But I want you to walk with me now. And he says this. And the same king says this. The same king who when he asked humbly for wisdom, God made him the richest king ever known. Proverbs 3, 9. Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. I love the King James and the NIV here. Or the first fruit of all your crops. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. I want to just pause this bit here now. God says, now I want you to take that next step of faith because I want to bless you until I meet you in glory. And I want you to have that place of honour for me in your life. If you really love me, honour me and I want you to set aside a tenth of your first fruits. Not of a guilt trip. No one's going to twist your arm because you love me. No other reason. Nobody's going to chase you but because you love me. Then, when you step in faith, I will fill your barns with grain. An old-fashioned term for the farmer means you'll have food on your table with grain in your bank. And then personally, and your vats will overflow with good wine. Now vats are containers. And in line with the teaching throughout the New Testament of the wineskins, I will bless you personally with the best wine. If you say, no, I can't do that. I can't do that, Lord. You'll have wine, but it won't be my best. Your barns will not be full. But if you honour me, because you love me, I will do a miracle in your life. It's amazing what people know are doing in churches who are really being blessed of God. You see, it's a new heart course. It would discern in the course of your life. Now, tithing can be a journey. And you might say, Lan, I don't think I could do that. It's a big chunk, gross. But that, that pays for my holiday. That pays for my car. 
as a church, what we're going to be introducing in March in the gathering, um, we'll put the date of us, um, I forgot to put a poster up. We're going to be introducing called this 10 stages of blessing, where you start by giving 1% regularly. Not a hop and a catch, but regularly. Then 2%. And I, and I I challenge you to come back and tell me that you've gone short. Some churches are giving refunds for anybody who comes. You, you ask Charlotte Campbell. I think it's Bradford, I'm not sure. You see, I actually was stuck, um, challenged by a scripture which talks about the first fruits. And God said to me, oh, the Holy Spirit, when I was just putting the word together, in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, God gave the first fruits. The first fruit of Jesus dying was us. 1 Corinthians 15, 20. The first fruits of God's gift to the world, for God so loved the world he gave, was us. You think about that. He need not have come from heaven. The first fruits was us. So he's saying, I want you to give me your first fruits because I want you now to realise you're a child of God and to inherit what I want you to have. And we're going to be talking a little bit more because I'm going to teach you stewardship. I'm going to show you just what that money can do in your life. You'll be doing things you didn't think you could afford. We don't give to get, but God will never stop giving because he's a God of grace. And he, he wants us to live like Jesus lived. I close. You know, sometimes we, we come to the house of God and we say, well, you can have what's in my pocket. Was it ain't, friends. I'm glad God doesn't give me what's in his pocket. Gave me everything. Look what we do. The little girl said to her dad one day and her mum, they went out of church and the mum and dad were, were having a post-mortem of the service. I hope you don't do this because it's totally demoralising to the family if you go on. And it's destructive as well. Did you know that? The kids listen to this and I know a kid who has listened to this in, in, in a distant family of mine and so was destructive and they went home and they said well I didn't much of a meeting this morning oh those songs didn't like them wasn't it cold in church she was really cold and didn't she go on the minister go on and this child turned around to the parents and said, what do you expect for a pound <laughs> I thought that was brilliant what do you expect for a pound Malcolm Baxter made this in, uh, amazing statement he said, you know, when you go for a job, you often quote what you're earning. Well, I was on 32,000 a year. Wow. <laughs> In the hope, why? Because you're giving some value to yourself and what you do, hoping that they'll offer you more. But when you come to tithing, we have amnesia. And we forget. But you know, when I looked at that video, God watches. 
God watches. And sometimes I think there are answers to prayer in our life. And it's simply because we don't have them because we're disobedient. We're disobedient. And God says, if I'm your father, and if you say you trust me, how can I answer that prayer when you don't trust me over the bread? And you're striving hour after hour when I promised you the barns will be full. Because part of your heart is still full of sin. I want to close with this um, little, re little verse. And it's just James. And it's James 1.17. And it just reads this. Don't be misled. Don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from God our Father, who never created all the lights, who created, sorry, all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Out of a heart of love, he went to the cross. And in the spirit of generosity, may we give to God what we, he deserves. Amen. Tonight we're going to listen to... Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website, www.newlifepentecostal.church. We do hope you'll listen again.